0: Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Hey, and welcome to the Dan Parsons Show, the Wednesday edition on 1499.3 KLIN. And if you don't catch us live, we hope you do. But if you don't catch us live, you can catch us on demand on your favorite podcast platform uh, most anytime you like. Uh, it's five oh eight on Wednesday, May seventeenth. Say hello to Johnny Cadillac, producer extraordinaire of the Dan Parsons Show. Johnny, welcome. Hi, thank,
0: thank you. Always great to be here, Dan. <laughs> I'm glad to. Always having such a Dan good time here. <laughs> I
1: love. See, that's the first time you said that on air. On so, air, yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, check out uh, the brand new Twitter and Facebook accounts for the Dan Parsons Show. Man, hard, hot off the press. Um, just search uh, the Dan Parsons show on Twitter and Facebook and you'll find us and follow us. And so, uh, you won't have to put up with, uh, with my personal Facebook and Twitter accounts because that's, that's a boring mess. You don't want to get into that. Well, coming up on the, on today's show in just a minute will be John Mabry, uh, from the Food Bank of Lincoln. And in the second half of the show, uh, I'm going to take a few minutes and talk about my political origins. And uh, what event from the 1970s that really launched my interest in politics. So that's coming up uh, in the second half of the show. Um, I I noticed this today in U.S. US News and World Report revealed their 2023-2024 Best Places to Live in America. Uh, They compare the 150 most populous metro areas uh, based on affordability, quality of life, desirability, and job market. And uh, so they release it annually, uh, the best places to live rankings. And uh, based on details that people consider most carefully when moving to a new community, From the cost of living to the weather and more minute factors like uh, air quality and access to health care. So, drumroll, Lincoln is ranked uh, number 32 in the best places to live in America. Uh, So once again, we're scoring uh, high on those ratings and uh, we continue to. The quality of life is pretty darn good. Here in Lincoln, America, and one of the main reasons that we have such a great city is people like John Mabry. So John is the vice president of fundraising and engagement for the Food Bank of Lincoln, and you can follow John on his Twitter account, jlmabry B R Y fifty one uh and and john according to your uh your twitter feed uh you're a father food banker and uh for those who used to follow you in the newspaper a sports reporter and yeah. you did amazing work with the jenna cooper uh, biography f- a few years back and so anyway i'll shut up uh, welcome john
2: no keep talking Dan. <laughs> that was so nice no thanks for having me on i'm excited to be here and to talk food bank or anything else you want to talk about but it's uh it's Great, it's a it is a great city as you just mentioned, and part of it is the generosity of our neighbors.
1: Absolutely. Well, John, I I did I, I enjoyed reading your byline on the sports page uh, in years gone by, and a uh, big St. Louis Cardinal fan.
2: Yep, I am. The Cards are starting to win a little bit yeah. now. We're, there's some hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: No, I'm uh, <clears throat> as listeners have, have probably figured out, baseball is my sport. I don't have a a favorite Major League Baseball team. I just uh, I just love the sport.
2: Yeah, it's 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 definitely my favorite sport. Grew up in St. Louis, so uh, my grandpa Bernie got me going to games when I was little, and nice. been a Cardinals fan ever since. So as long as there's no Cubs fans in the room, we're good, <laughs> Johnny.
1: I don't no. Oh oh oh.
2: Uh-oh. I,
0: I I I don't watch a lot of baseball, but uh, I mean, just don't. Go to my Twitter page and look at my cover photo and you're set. (laughs) Oh,
2: no.
1: We may have stumbled into that. No, (laughs) it's
2: a fun rivalry with the Cubs. It it really is.
0: No, growing up, we anytime baseball was on our TV, it was always either the Braves or the Cubs. So that was kind of my childhood. Yep. Yep. Yep.
2: No, I get it.
1: I should have worked that into my uh, political origin story later because I I remember watching those Saturday afternoon baseball games on whatever three network stations we had. And – yeah, they had a game of the week. I, I became a, a Cincinnati Reds fan. Okay, um, I don't know why. I I love Johnny Bench, and the Big Red Machine, the Big Red Machine, yep. and the Husker days. It probably was why, as a yeah. young kid, I was attracted to that. So. Yeah. Well, John, I'm I'm uh, excited that you're here uh, to talk about the great things that the food bank does. I'm I'm uh, this month featuring some of my favorite uh, nonprofits and charities here in Lincoln in anticipation of Give Give to Lincoln Day coming up on May 24th. Yeah. So um, I know it, it, Give to Lincoln Day has already begun and. Um, And so I know a lot of uh, the nonprofits are already banking some of those dollars and watching the leaderboard. So so talk about that process and how you guys go about that every year. And and uh, and and more importantly, well, let's talk about that first and then and then we'll get into some of the details. But so it's an exciting time of the year that a lot of eyeballs are on uh, the nonprofits here in Lincoln. So what is uh, what's the food bank doing to uh, encourage people to uh, check them out?
2: Yeah, no Dan, it's kind of a year-round deal for us to to make sure people know when Give to Lincoln Day is coming, you know, the Lincoln Community Foundation and all the the sponsor uh the corporate sponsors uh make it really a special day for not just the food bank but for over 400 nonprofits, I believe. And so uh it's wonderful to see not only the support for the food bank every year but for so many of our partners. Uh, who are out there, especially the hunger fighters out there in the community, uh, seeing their success on that day, too, because it can really, um, for a lot of us, uh, be a huge boost at a time of year where, in the past, there wasn't a lot of giving. You know, the holiday season, Thanksgiving, Christmas has always been traditionally the the time where people are really uh, showing their generosity in a big way. Well, now we have the second giving season in May, thanks to, uh, the Lincoln Community Foundation, so yeah, one week from today we 're excited
1: that 's right, it is just one week away, yeah today from uh, one week from today well, um, I had the pleasure of of seeing your uh, your headquarters. Uh, that just a week ago, yeah, we bumped into each other, and and uh, it's such an impressive uh, facility, and you do such impressive work, uh, not only for our residents here in Lincoln and Lancaster County, but surrounding counties. So, give our listeners, uh, if they're if they've forgotten or if they've uh, are not familiar with all the work that the food bank does, give us a little overview of all of the areas that you cover and the work that you guys do to feed uh, the people that are uh, less fortunate than some
2: right no happy to um you know we do we are headquartered now in the highlands airport area beautiful new facility and it was great to have you out there we're so grateful for the support that made that 10 million dollar project happen uh the community has been so good to the food bank and understanding our mission to alleviate hunger in the lincoln area but also in southeast nebraska we do serve 16 counties We call them our 16 kids, or I call them our 16 kids that we need to take care of every day. And so uh, really fortunate to get to do the work that we do. Mm -hmm. And the new facility has opened up so many new opportunities for volunteers and for folks to come see it like you did. And uh, just to share, nothing wrong with our old place at 48th and Superior. uh, It's
1: beginning to show a little wear. Yeah,
2: we're excited (laughs) to have people out now and show off our new place. And And it is beautiful. All the great work that we can do there, not just the the food and the feeding, but um, through our education programs now to help maybe shorten the lines. And, um, you know, with all the different things we're doing with our Lincoln Fresh truck that's out and about uh, offering people uh, free fruit and veggies. We had over 200 at one of our stops yesterday. So just wonderful to see what's happening there, providing healthier food options, of course helping the kiddos with our child hunger programs. The backpack program is probably... Our best-known program which is still going strong but lots of ways that we can help folks um, uh, in our schools and uh, seniors who are struggling the whole all of it it's amazing to
1: think about the backpack program being such a integral part of uh, of our culture here in Lincoln now I remember when you guys started that program
2: 2004 I believe with 50 kiddos at Clinton Elementary yeah I was not at the. I've been at the food bank 12 years so was not there at that time but um what a thing that has become and so uh clinton and uh all, heck we're almost in every school now dan with some form of a program either the backpack program or the food markets where folks uh, kiddos can come in and pick and choose uh the emergency pantries and then the lps emergency pantry which is not far from here so Lots of ways we're trying to take care of kids and families, and we have such great partners in our schools. I could go on forever on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're just joining us, John Mabry from uh, the Lincoln Food Bank, uh, Food Bank of Lincoln, excuse me. Um, y- yes. I mean, I, I think because of the good work that you've done in since uh, in those years that, uh, uh, that you've been feeding uh, school children through the backpack program, I think we are now more aware than ever of the need uh, and the opportunity to help those kiddos who uh, when they come to, to come to school that they can take food home and and, uh, and 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 not only day to day but also over the weekends and uh, I just think that's a tremendous program and, and something that uh, and unfortunately the need is Continues to grow right John.
2: It does you know kiddos can't learn if they're hungry and um, I believe right now the the free or reduced lunch rate is about 45 percent of our students are in the free or reduced lunch program Uh, We are currently helping over 5,000 families with our child hunger programs and other great partner organizations are also Doing some good work there. So yeah, you know, I think that's one of the wonderful things we can do is help kids, but it's also a little bit heartbreaking at times uh, when you see that need, but, you know, there's there definitely is hope thanks to uh, our school partners. Uh, we had our LPS Extra Mile Walk recently, which raised money over $120,000 for, for the child hunger program, so, uh, you know, the support is there, and, you know, we couldn't do it without all our friends, whether it's Give to Lincoln time or throughout the year.
1: Um, talk a little bit, John, about um, the need here in Lincoln and how you're meeting that and how uh, some of the programs that uh you know maybe need more funding than others i mean are there are you making specific appeals during uh, uh give to Lincoln day? Uh, talk a little bit about that
2: um, absolutely Dan. Most of our support for give to Lincoln is general support that goes to help all of our programs. Um, one of the things that we 've been able to do at our new place is we 've been able to do a distribution on our property. Oh. and uh this friday we expect to have over 800 families that'll come through for in the drive through model which was a product of the pandemic we discovered that that was a pretty efficient way to distribute food folks drive through and open the trunk or the back seat and we can provide a great assortment of food items uh but that event is is very popular and it's costly of course um to try to serve that many families so we definitely need the support there but as I mentioned, the, f- the healthier food, uh, whether it's through our Lincoln Fresh program or in our schools, providing more fresh food op- options and also uh, more options for those from different backgrounds who, yes. you know, whether it's rice or, you know, yes. you name it, that we need to do a better job of making sure that we're taking care of all of our neighbors because we do say that all are welcome at our distributions. And so we want to make sure they feel welcome with a good choice
1: that's a great point john and and we talked we uh talked a little bit about the cultural diversity in the city with uh tom beckius last night on the dan parsons show and we were talking about uh, the new food truck program and and uh, tom and i were just uh discussing uh one of the great things of this city is our cultural diversity yep. and uh so i'm i'm thrilled to hear that you're uh being able to uh interact with those communities that uh, that need help.
2: Right. No, that's that's what um makes Lincoln such a great place because we are so welcoming and so we want folks to feel welcome at our distributions not just in how we treat them but the food choices too.
1: Well, and and I love to hear about your uh that you're doing the healthy food choice cuz unfortunately it it does uh, cost uh more at the uh, grocery stores to to eat healthy and fresh foods and uh, it's just more convenient to have, you know, cheaper food that's not as healthy for you. So I'm, I'm interested in that program and how that's developed because that's uh, that's important to not only. Uh, get the calories in, but uh, healthy food as well, and and probably an education process as well. Too. Right.
2: No, absolutely. So our Lincoln Fresh truck tries to stop in areas that are known as food deserts in our community. Maybe the nearest grocery store isn't really a grocery store. It might be a quick shop or, you know, where they might not have as many healthy food choices for folks. So we're trying to visit um, areas with our Lincoln Fresh truck, which that program is expanding, too, thanks to the Community Health Endowment, too, because, like I said, we had over 200 folks, which is great yesterday wow. Wow. at one of our stops. So, yeah, healthy is the way to go.
1: How do, how do your uh, customers, uh, forgive me uh, how you refer to them, but yeah. uh, how do they find out about the programs in addition to hopefully programs like like this on KLIN, uh, how do you get that word out and and so that people know where to find those locations and uh, and find what they
2: need? No, great question. Our website's a great um, great place to go, uh, LincolnFoodBank dot org, and there's something we call the Food Finder, which is a really cool tool where you can just plug in oh. your zip and you'll find out what uh, resources are available nearby where you can go for assistance. Oh, that's so that's pretty handy. Uh, but also our Facebook page is where we provide a lot of information, our Food Bank Facebook Facebook page. So, yeah, those are – and, you know, we're always welcome to call, and feel free to get in touch that way and ask.
1: And um, how do you anticipate – you said you had 800 in your drive through program. How do you anticipate what those numbers are each,
2: each week? Good question. It's it's kind of based on an average. Um, that's what we've been seeing at that event, anywhere from 700 to 1,000 folks. Uh, coming for help. So we try to plan to not run out. <laughs> Obviously, it helps when it's there at the food bank because you know, we've got plenty of resources right there, but we do kind of look at our history and our average.
1: Yeah, yeah. Visiting with John Mabry from uh, the Food Bank of Lincoln in uh, anticipation of uh, uh, Give to Lincoln Day coming up. Uh, John, remind us uh, uh, how people can uh, get involved and learn more, and most importantly, uh, participate in Give to Lincoln Day.
2: Yeah, the the place to go is Lincoln dot com, and whether you're searching for the food bank or one of your other uh, favorite nonprofits, as you were talking about, Dan, that's you know it, they make it so easy with their uh, search tool there. When you go to givetoLincoln dot com, and you can shop for uh, four or five, six different, whatever nonprofits, and and uh, you can do it now. Even though yes, the official event is next Wednesday, you can. It's it's basically become a month long celebration of yeah. giving now.
1: Yeah. You're starting to watch the leaderboard.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? It's probably a good thing, but they don't actually share the leaderboard until oh, that's the right. 24th. So that's
1: right. So you're, it's a guessing game.
2: We can see. We are able to see the donations that have come yes. in so far, and and so grateful for the support that we've already received this month. But um, and I don't blame them for doing it. They wait till 12:01 uh, on the 24th to actually display a leaderboard. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. I forgot that that. Yeah, uh, yeah so everybody, man, once that midnight hits, yep. everybody's lining up and seeing where you're at, and it, it's just such a fun program. I'm so thankful uh, for the Lincoln Community Foundation to uh, to sponsor that. And John Mabry, thanks for uh, appearing for the very first time on the Dan Parsons yeah. Show. And uh, gosh, let's do this again and talk some baseball and I like uh, it and and some sports reporting. Do you miss it at all?
2: You know, I miss it a little bit, but I actually have another project that is um, pretty far along on the Nebraska Volleyball Program, The History, and uh, there'll, there'll be a book out this fall on uh, if everything goes according to schedule, so we can talk about that. But, but right now, I just... I'm so grateful for you having me and the the support we get from the community for Give to Lincoln. It is just incredible. So I appreciate it very much, Dan.
1: You're very very welcome. Uh, John Mabry from the Food Bank of Lincoln. And we'll be right back after this message on 1499.3 KLIN. You're listening to The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show on 90, um, 1499.3 KLIN. And hey, you can check us out anytime on your favorite podcast platforms and a brand new hot off the press you can find us on Facebook now and Twitter, so please uh, find The Dan Parsons Show on Facebook and Twitter and follow us. We'd we'd love to interact with you there.
0: I just want to give a side note on it, uh, yeah. especially on the new Twitter page. It's just Dan Parsons Show is uh, the handle. So we're, we're The Dan Parsons Show on Twitter, just search Dan Parsons show.
1: Very good, thank you, Johnny. Yep. Yeah, we don't we don't want people uh, tuning into some other uh, dang show. Um, so anyway, thanks to John Mabry from the Food Bank of Lincoln for joining me in the first uh, half of the show, uh, and do please make sure you check out uh, GiveToLincoln.com. dot uh, com. It's such an important uh, project here in Lincoln to help so many nonprofits to do so much in this city. Um, and when we come back uh, after the bottom of the hour of our break, uh, i I'm I'm going to be talking about my political origins and what event from the 1970s that launched my interest in politics. And, uh, hey, we may even take a couple phone calls and open up the text line. We'll be right back after this.
0: Educating, informing, entertaining. The Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN.
1: Hey, welcome back to the Wednesday edition of the Dan Parsons Show on 1499.3 KLIN. And if you miss us live, you can always catch us on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, uh, please follow us on our brand new Twitter uh, account and Facebook account. You can find them find both of those by just searching Dan Parsons Show. Uh, and we'd appreciate uh, the feedback. And hey, uh, I would love to hear, uh, if there's some listeners out there that want to chime in. I, I'm going to. Uh, take a few moments this afternoon to talk about uh, my political origin story, which I, I hope you might find interesting. And uh, but before we do that, I just want to thank uh, John Mabry again from the Food Bank of Lincoln for joining us. Uh, make sure you check out uh, GiveToLincoln.com, dot com, and uh, we appreciate uh, uh, the Food Bank and all the wonderful work they do. Uh, here in Lincoln. Well, it's been a couple weeks now uh, since I've been in front of this mic, and uh, I just want to thank everyone for the patience and uh, goodwill that you've uh, given me these past couple weeks, and uh, I just thought I'd take a few minutes to talk about how I got into and interested in politics and world events and cultural events, and uh, and so I'm t- I'm I'm titling this uh, little monologue, uh, Dick, Walter, and Agnes. And if anyone can guess as we're going along here, who those three people, uh, important people, are in my life uh, as it deals with my political origin story, I'd I'd uh, love to hear your guesses. Um, and so, by the way, if you hear, uh, we would like to hear from you. If you'd like to, uh, try, uh, calling in, uh, we certainly, uh, text us, uh, text or phone on the Rick Stein recognition hotline 402-479-1400. Well, so here, here's the origins of my, uh, really of my career. Uh, when I was 10 years old in 1971, Go ahead, do the math. You can figure out how old I am. Uh, growing up in a working-class family uh, here in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, my dad was an auto body repair man, and my mom was a, a foster parent. Uh, my folks having adopted myself and my three uh, adopted siblings, and um, so I distinctly remember around 1971. Uh, as the year, I really started paying attention to what was going on in the world, and that may seem a little weird to people uh, a ten year old but as i uh, go through and tell this story you might it might make sense um, uh, you know we had uh, I remember distinctly uh, by the time I was ten years old, we had either the Lincoln Journal, which was uh, uh the evening paper here in Lincoln or the Lincoln Star, which was the uh, morning paper. uh, And those were delivered to our front door every day. And uh, I remember, I can't remember if, uh, I know we had both, and I remember my brother and I actually delivered both newspapers uh, for a few years. And so it seems to me that we may have had, I know we had both in the home, uh, but it seems to me we may have started with uh, the evening paper uh, because you know my dad was off early and heading to work and uh and everybody else was running a hundred different directions, so in my mind it was not that it matters to anyone but it it may seem strange to you today uh to have uh delivered on your doorstep an evening paper but that 's what the lincoln journal was so um, uh, like uh but like many ten year old boys uh in Nebraska in nineteen seventy one I was a Husker football fan. Uh, you know, we won our first national championship in 1970, and then again in 71. Um, and uh, I remember distinctly listening to games with my dad and my older brother, listening to the uh, the golden tones of Lyle Brimser uh, in the garage every Saturday afternoon. You know, my dad would be working on a car or something, and my brother and I would my older brother and I we'd be uh probably causing some mischief but i uh, great memories of uh and and back then those were the days that you knew when the game was on cause there there wasn't any there wasn't any, there weren't many games on t v not like there are now and so if you wanted to follow the huskers, you were listening to the radio uh in your garage or backyard or wherever your uh transistor a m radio was and um <clears throat> and so uh so i became a husker football fan and uh and i couldn't wait till the next day uh to read the sports section uh, of of what happened in the game so i i i was fascinated to to read the statistics and and read the commentaries and and just like now uh husker football was a big dang deal and uh and uh, so every sunday i'd race to the front door and and pick up and by the way the sunday edition was the lincoln journal star so they combined uh, the evening and 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 morning papers and had uh, uh and had the paper on sunday as the lincoln journal star um so i after reading that for a while um in uh, following Husker football, uh, I began to read other sections of the newspaper, and uh, probably the comics. You know that probably caught my attention as a as a ten year old boy. You know, comics and football. You know, what else did I need? But but for some reason, uh, I started noticing other things, and I started reading uh, the paper. Uh, from front to back, and uh, that tradition has lived on uh, for all these years. But w- what I found on the front page of the paper most days in 1971 was, of course, the Vietnam War. Um, and in addition to the newspaper, uh, my mom would have Walter Cronkite in the CBS Evening News on the TV uh, every evening uh, as she was in the kitchen uh, getting supper ready, uh, before my hardworking dad would come home and uh, from the auto body repair shop, and uh, we'd all sit down as together as a family and um, and uh, and have dinner. But but so those were my two sources of information and news uh, when I was ten years old uh, was Walter Cronkite and CBS Evening News and uh, either the Lincoln Journal or the Lincoln Star. Um, and so by the time. June 17th, 1972, came along. Uh, I was a 10 year old news hound, uh, so- soaking up every bit of Husker football, the Vietnam War, uh, and now something totally new uh, that happened. Uh, basically, corruption and scandal uh, that would become the standard for every political screw up uh, since that infamous day and uh so you can probably guess uh maybe what that was uh what happened on june 17th 1972 Um, but i've become obsessed uh, with a new uh, hbo series called the white house plumbers and uh from the from director david mandel uh it's a five-part limited hbo series about a, 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 a way to tell the Watergate story that no one has ever told before. And uh, so, Johnny, if you've got a clip of that, let's play that.
0: Gentlemen, the president needs men of action. Your new mission is to make sure he wins this election. What are we talking about here? Sabotage, espionage. Infiltration, bare knuckle tactics. Same shit they do to us every election.
2: We have recruited covert operatives to plant surveillance inside the Watergate.
0: You are White House employees on the payroll. For God's sake, don't get caught. <laughs>
1: For God's sakes, don't get caught. (laughs) Well, uh, that didn't work out so well. So, yes, uh, January 17th, 1972, uh, began one of the defining moments in American political history, the burglary of the Democratic National Committee headquarters uh, in Washington, D.C. at a building called the Watergate Office Building. And uh, so that's... That's how I got my start uh, in following politics, and I'm, I really am, uh, very interested in uh, this uh, this new uh, take on what happened uh, in at the uh, Watergate hotel, or excuse me, office building. And uh, in their telling of that story, by the way, if you want to chime in and uh, take a guess on uh, uh, anything else uh, about uh, politics in 1971 that I was following. And, hey, do you remember Watergate? How old were you when you first heard of Watergate? Uh, It's interesting uh, how fitting and and this kind of ties in with the show today. Fifty years ago today, uh, May 17th um 19 well today but i don't well whatever the date is 50 years ago today uh watergate hearings began in congress so uh uh yeah, so uh, if you want to talk about uh, Watergate and how you got your start in in, in politics or, or or finding out about what was going on in the world, whether it was the newspaper or the uh, or the evening news, please uh, uh, feel free to give us a, a ring here on the Rick Stein <laughs> Recognition Hotline four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred.
0: I will say for me, Watergate is eighteen BJC, eighteen years before Johnny Cadillac. <laughs>
1: wow okay now you're making me feel old Um, but no this new hbo series uh, from director david mandel and by the way uh, if you want to follow along on our twitter feed uh, uh, the director of the hbo series uh, gave us a shout out uh, on our twitter uh, feed this afternoon so um, it's a fascinating way to tell this story Uh, it's a five-part limited hbo series uh, that imagines the behind-the-scenes story of how Nixon's political saboteurs, and they were E. Howard Hunt, who's played in the in the series by the one and only Woody Harrelson. So there's some some dynamite uh, A-list actors uh, in this series, and of course the other political saboteur uh, who was famous for uh, the burglary and planning everything was g gordon liddy uh who's portrayed in the uh, series by a gentleman by the name of justin thoreau but they accidentally toppled the presidency uh that they were uh, charged with trying to protect and and the, they also tell the story about their families too, and how they were Im- impacted. But it's uh, but it's 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 accurate. It's historically accurate. There's a book, uh, a companion book uh, that I'm also making my way through, uh, called the Water uh, the Watergate Plumbers, uh, and or the White House Plumbers, excuse me. And uh, there's a fascinating companion uh, podcast uh, that really dives into the director's work. Uh, set design and where they found uh, not only uh, how they duplicated the Watergate uh, building uh, but also the White House and it's uh, the podcast is really fascinating so anyway I think there's there's a total of five in the series and uh, I think we're up to uh, number three now and I've seen the first uh, two But it chronicles the actions on the ground. Uh, It's a satirical drama. But it begins in 1971 uh, when the White House hires uh, Hunt and Liddy. uh, And Hunt was a former CIA agent. And Liddy was uh, a former FBI agent uh, to investigate the Pentagon Papers leak. And so that's how they became known as the plumbers. uh, Because somebody asked them, well, what do you do? And they said, we fix leaks. And so that was, that was how, uh, how the name started, and it stuck. And, uh, and so, uh, but it's a fascinating uh, take. Uh, it's humorous, but it is very accurate. Uh, it's very accurate. Uh, Johnny, looks like we may have a call. Uh, yeah,
0: we have uh, Richard on line one.
1: Hey, Richard, uh, welcome to the Dan Parsons Show.
0: Uh, yes, sir. I just had something I thought you might find interesting. That was the only time we had a president and a vice president that were never elected. We had, well, Nixon had to get rid of Spiro Agnew. That's
1: right, yeah.
0: So he uh, appointed Gerald Ford as his vice president, yep. and then Nixon got kicked out. And Ford appointed Nelson Rockefeller as his vice president.
1: That's a good observation. So neither
0: one of them were ever elected.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly I th- right. I, th-
0: I think that's a little unu- uh something unusual that people might find interesting. That's
1: very, very much so, Richard. Thank you for for that factoid. It's, uh, um, yeah. And Nixon uh, ended up resigning uh, over the threat of being impeached. And it's kind of funny now that we've had impeachments from presidents of both parties since then,
2: <laughs> and yeah, uh,
1: yeah. and none of them uh, uh, decided to, re- to resign. And uh, uh, so, yeah, Richard Nixon kind of set the bar uh, uh, that's been I don't know high or low <laughs> maybe uh, since then. But uh, well, Richard, thank you for that factoid. That's that's a very interesting fact. Thanks for calling in to the Dan Parsons show. Appreciate it.
0: You bet, thank you bye
1: yeah well, and yeah, so uh, this unlikely pair of uh, Liddy and hunt uh, they land on the committee to elect to reelect the president, which uh, committee to reelect the president uh, was affectionately known as creep <laughs> c r e p creep, and uh, they plot uh, several unbelievable covert ops and including bugging the democrat national committee offices at the watergate complex uh... proving the fact uh... is sometimes stranger than fiction uh... the white house plumbers uh, series on hbo sheds light on the the lesser known series of events that led to really one of the greatest uh, political scandals uh... in american history and it's funny now that Anytime there is a hint of scandal, whether it's real or imagined, uh, we always refer to that 1972 moment uh, in June of 1972 uh, when uh, these guys uh, orchestrated the uh, the break in of the uh, Watergate uh, office building, and so now everything's uh, uh, comes with that moniker of of gate. And, uh, so anyway, that was, uh, that was my, uh, the first time that I really started being interested in, um, uh, in what was going on in the world. And, um, uh, and it, and it led me then to, you know, all these years later, I knew that I wanted to be involved in politics. I knew that I wanted to, uh, you know, in some way try to, uh, make the world better. It's interesting. So my parents, so I grew up, uh, like I said, in a working class, uh, household, Uh, My parents were Republicans, but they weren't. They certainly weren't today's Republicans. I can tell you that. Um, But they uh, they supported Nixon for the most part, and I remember hearing those conversations around the dinner table, and um, you know, not really understanding uh, what was going on because this had never happened before, at least not in modern politics. When you have a president that was so blatantly. challenging uh the law and uh and doing things that were quite illegal and um i mean it's a fascinating story so i i think like a lot of americans i don't think my folks really knew uh how to handle that and uh and so it was interesting to watch their progression uh when we come back after the break i'll tell you exactly where i was when i heard richard nixon resign we we'll be back up to the short break on fourteen hundred and ninety
0: nine three k l i n listening to the dan parsons show on fourteen hundred and ninety nine three
1: k l well, i n now welcome back to the dan parsons show uh, thanks for listening to my political origin story i'll, I'll finish it out uh, at least this portion of it uh, you know, we'll do more of this. I, I want to continue to tell you about my journey through politics uh, here in Nebraska and how I got to be uh, where I am today and, and, and behind this microphone and being able to tell these stories. So I, mer- I remember exactly where I was uh when I heard uh when I watched on television Richard, Richard Nixon resign. Uh my mom and I were on a trip and I think we were probably going to Missouri to visit uh my grandparents, if I remember correctly. Uh, but we had stopped at a hotel room for the night and um, and it was August eighth and it would have been oh, I don't remember it was I should have put this in my notes, but anyway, I remember it was August and uh, might have been, it was probably 1973 by then. Uh, forgive me, I don't know that for sure, but anyway, I remember sitting there uh, in a, probably a Super 8 with my mom, uh, just the two of us, uh, listening to Richard Nixon uh, resign the presidency. It was just, it made such an indelible mark on me as a young person, and knew that I wanted to be involved in uh, in politics, and So so that's the title of uh, uh, the political origin story of Dan Parsons, uh, Dick, Walter and Agnes, Dick Nixon, Walter Cronkite and uh, Agnes Parsons. So, well, this is our Friday. Uh, Husker baseball uh, wraps up the regular season at Purdue tomorrow and Friday. So we will uh, be back here on Monday for our regular segment of Hot News with Flatwater Free Press, uh, featuring Matthew Hansen, the editor of Flatwater Free Press. And um, so thank you. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And have a great rest of your week. And uh, we'll see you on Monday on 99.3 and 4 4- L I N.